There are two times in the gospel that a charcoal fire is mentioned. First, in the high priest's courtyard, and it was around that charcoal fire that Peter denied that he knew Jesus three times. Well, the second time a charcoal fire appears is on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, and it's around that charcoal fire that Jesus asked Peter three times, Do you love me? giving Peter a chance to undo his threefold denial. God is a God of second chances, a God who's always willing to forgive. No matter what we've done, we can be reconciled to the Lord. Well, there's a detail in the Sunday Gospel that's always perplexed me. The New Revised Standard Version of the Bible says this, When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. Now, doesn't that sound strange? Why would you put on clothes and then jump into the water? Well, I was reflecting on this gospel and a pilgrimage to the Holy Land, and we were heading down to the shore, the Sea of Galilee, to hear confessions for our pilgrims. And I was thinking, why did Peter clothe himself before jumping into the water? And this is what came to me. Remember the context. Peter had just denied Jesus three times, and then John cries out, it is the Lord. And so what does Peter do? He clothes his nakedness. Remember when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, they hid themselves and they clothed their nakedness. See, in our sin and in our shame, our tendency is to want to kind of hide from God, to conceal our wounds and vulnerability, to clothe over our nakedness. What's the message? Look, God knows us better than we know ourselves. We can't really hide from God. So stop hiding. Stop covering over your sin. Do not be afraid to come to Jesus as you are. And here's the good news. Grace actually enters through our wounds. God is so good that he makes our wounds a place of encounter with his grace. Now, the question that Jesus asked Peter, he's posing to all of us. Do you love me? Do you love me? When is the last time you've told Jesus, Jesus, I love you? Sometimes we Catholics think that it's Protestant language to say, well, I have a personal relationship with Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Absolutely not. This is very Catholic. We're called to have a personal relationship with Jesus and to verbalize our love for him. In fact, we're called to boldly proclaim how much we love Jesus. Well, Peter tells Jesus three times, Lord, you know that I love you. And then what did Jesus say? Feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. In other words, Peter, show me your love. Yes, speaking our love is important, but then we have to show our love by going outward to care for others. St. Teresa of Avila pondered, how do I really know in my heart if I love God? Well, this is what came to her, how I treat my neighbor. This is how we show our love for God. Now, What happened to Peter as a result of this encounter with Jesus? Two things. Well, first, despite Peter's failings, Jesus places his trust in Peter and commissions him to be his vicar on earth. Peter is commissioned to be the first pope to feed the flock of the Lord. One thing I appreciated about my own parents growing up was that my parents trusted us. And we wanted to live up to their trust. Well, Jesus is placing his trust in Peter. And Jesus trusts you and me, and we're called to share in Peter's mission to go out and feed the flock of the Lord. 
Well, second, we see how Peter lives up to this trust, and he really becomes a changed man. Okay, fast forward from the Sea of Galilee, and we're reading now in Easter the Acts of the Apostles, and look how bold Peter is. He cries out in that first reading from Acts, we must obey God rather than men. You think Peter's ever going to deny Jesus again? Forget it. No matter what you do to me, Peter's saying, I'll never deny the Lord. I must obey God rather than men. A few years ago, I saw the movie The Hidden Life. It's the true story of Franz Jägerstadter. Jägerstadter was born in 1907. He lived in a remote mountain village in Austria. He married, had three children, and then in the early 1940s, he was drafted by the German army, but he refused to serve. Jägerstadter was a devout Catholic, and in good conscience, he couldn't serve under Hitler, so he was arrested. And in prison, he was repeatedly told, all you have to do is sign this oath of allegiance to Hitler and you will be a free man. His response, I must obey God rather than men. He was executed in 1943, accused of treason, and beatified by Pope Benedict in 2007. He's on his way to becoming a saint. Okay, how did Jägerstadter do this? How did Peter and the apostles become martyrs for the Lord? Two things. Number one, they had an unwavering faith in the resurrection. Jesus rose from the dead, and death has no more power over him. Jesus has conquered death, so we no longer have to fear death. It doesn't matter what people might do to us, because Christ has conquered the grave. Jägerstadter was martyred, but he had this bedrock faith in Jesus and his resurrection. Peter was martyred. But he really believed Jesus when he said, I am the resurrection of the life. Whoever believes in me will live even in death. So one thing that gave him this boldness was faith in the resurrection, seeing the risen Lord. Well, the second thing that gave him this courage, Peter, the apostles, Jaeger's daughter, was they all received the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. One of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is fortitude, courage to do what we find humanly difficult. Most of us, including me, we fear the cross. But if we rely on the Holy Spirit, we have a source of courage that is humanly difficult to well up. Now, culturally, becoming a Catholic, living our Catholic faith is very difficult, whether it's issues of life or marriage. How are we going to stand fast with our faith and follow Jesus? Well, we got to have faith in the resurrection, and we got to call on the Holy Spirit so that like Peter, like Jaeger's daughter, we can say, I must obey God rather than men.